0: Hello, I'm Joshua Gearhart, your host on the Face-Off podcast, and today I'm joined by D3 goaltender Taylor Schwant. Schwant is the only female player in Ville hockey history. It's now time to drop the puck and discuss what girls hockey looks like from a goalie's perspective. The Face-Off podcast starts right now. So, to start our listeners off, can you touch upon your experience as Millersville's first ever female hockey player? And what team did you play for prior to Millersville?
1: Thanks for having me, Josh. Um, It's an honor. (laughs) I think it's really cool because you see a lot of um, women playing on men's team, or at least in the past, definitely there were a lot of women, at least sporadically on men's teams. Like in high school, I wasn't the first female on my all men's team. So that was definitely kind of a cool experience to be able to say that I was the first. And overall it was just really positive experience. The most positive that I've had in college hockey. I can easily say without any hesitation and the guys are great. The team is great. Um, just really felt like a team, felt like a home for me, especially for my um, grad year. And before Millersville, I actually played for Newman University for three years. And before that, I was at Chatham University my freshman year playing women's. And um, then I had just some experience playing triple A locally for the Quakers and did a, gap year in between high school and college playing for the northern cyclones in new hampshire which was um women's triple a
0: do you think that out of all the teams you played for miller was probably the highest level
1: um yeah honestly just like the caliber of players even between d2 and d3 and even though our record for at least for the d3 team may not have shown it we were in a good solid league and There was just a lot of really good competition. We were coming in as a new team. So, yeah, I can easily say that, you know, it really aligned with at least a lot of the um, guys that I've played with in the past and um, guys I train with currently that are like former um, college players, former junior players. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I think our record personally showed us, you know, as a team that we never really faced an easy team, you know, every night and every night out. I mean, I I go back to our first game against Stevenson. It was so late. And I remember that was a back and forth game. And Stevenson always gave us a nice uh, hard, hard fought battle. And I think that was the story throughout our entire season. You know, no game was won ever easily. Um, We always had to work for it. So I think that was one of the things that I took home as my season in uh, Millersville, for sure. I'm sure you can testify to that as well.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I agree with that.
0: So to go on to our next question here, then kind of staying with the college hockey theme. What does it take to be a goalie goalie at the college hockey level? And to further that discussion, how did it feel being the only girl on all guys team? We talked about that a little bit. Can we touch upon that more though?
1: Yeah. So basically just there's so much that goes into getting to the college level and getting to that point about, you know, really wanting it. That's the first step is that you really have to want it because if you're just like, Oh, well, you know, I might do it. And that sounds kind of cool, but, if you don't really want it, you're not going to work for it. And then that kind of leads into, you got to work for it. So you got to spend extra hours on the ice. You have to, you know, show up to every practice and do things outside of your own team practice practices, Um, especially as a goalie, like doing some off ice stuff. And even that applies for players as well. And, hand eye coordination, things like that, just so many extra things. And, just taking care of your body in general too, like eating well and getting enough sleep and also being good academically because it's going to be a lot easier to get recruited or get into a school if you do have good academics. So that's definitely, all of those just are super important. There's not one that's necessarily more important than the other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, do you mind like saying you know what your major was and whether it was difficult or not to balance that along with hockey? You know, go into go into that real quick here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I was actually a sport management major, and um, my program. I can only speak for, um, I guess, my experience. But at least in my program, I put in a lot of time and effort, and I was still able to juggle my academics. With you know my athletics, and it definitely wasn't easy because, at least in my major, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of presenting and research projects more than like you know tests and stuff like that. But that still can take a lot of time out of your day doing a lot of research, you know, doing a lot of things to prepare for presentations and stuff like that, doing a lot of projects because. Those are often very time consuming, whether that's daily or throughout like the entire semester, or even that's just within a week. There's just a lot going on. And I also can say I had a pretty well rounded education. So I did, I took a bunch of other courses and things outside of business too, which, you know, sometimes were a little more challenging for me. And then I'd have to put in a little more time in with those on top of what I was already doing and what I really needed to do for my major. So, Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my major. I enjoyed the time that I had with it. Um, I definitely don't regret it. I think it's probably maybe a little bit easier than say being in like a medical field type of major, like nursing or something like that, because, you know, I can do like an internship or something in the summer. That's what I would do. And, you know, things like nursing, you don't have that flexibility usually. So I think it was. I think it was a smart choice on my end. And I think as long as you work hard and have a um, pretty good schedule and you manage your time well, then any major can be, you know, pretty easy to manage with sports on top of that.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. So, kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, sometimes we'd have really late nights. You know, we have really late games, really late practices. What are the top ways in the season that you stayed fresh? And how did you condition yourself and pace yourself?
1: Well, fortunately for me, I had a much different experience than you know you and everybody else because I was a grad student. So I was taking a lot like courses and not that it was easy. There's still like a ton of work with that, but I try to keep schedule as possible i would try to make sure i was getting all my work done you know throughout the day that i didn't have class because i'd have class at night and usually some days the only things i would have would be like a practice or something so i'd say okay i'm gonna make sure you know i wake up at a reasonable time i get this amount of work done and then i have some time to relax and then i'm good to go for practice so then i wouldn't have any work um worry about or focus on you know, during like game weekends and stuff like that, because that's just a big weight. And that's a little bit of a distraction, at least for me. I don't know about other people, but for me, that was always kind of a big weight. If I left anything to the last minute, I just wanted to be able to um, focus on the game and focus on the weekend ahead and focus just on being a goalie and not have to think about being a student just for a little bit.
0: Yeah. So, and I completely agree with you on that. And so a lot of goalies, you know, typically have some interesting pre-game rituals. So can you take us through your pregame ritual every time you had a a game day?
1: Um, So it's so weird because usually in the past, you know, if I was on a women's team getting dressed like in the locker room with everyone, I didn't really do a whole lot. I just like to distract myself and kind of goof off because that's kind of what helped me. I didn't want to think too much into what I was doing. But then, you know, when I'm with the guys, it's a little different because I'm away by myself and usually just making sure I'm, you know, being, whether I'm playing or not, I'm doing the proper like team warm up. And then I'll usually do some of my own static stretching after, after the team warm up. And this year I actually got into taping my stick before every game. I never did that before, but that's just something I got into during the past season. And the one thing that I do that I do all the time, whether it's practice or game, is I put every um, piece of equipment that goes on my left side on first before my right side, if that makes sense. So that, like, yes, Hockey my left very gets tied first, my left leg pad gets tied first, my left knee pad gets put on first, all that.
0: I completely understand that myself. I am very superstitious. I'd always take my, ga- my sticks before games. So I completely understand that. So now looking back that the season's over, what how would you like what would you like to say to the guys, you know, who took you in and made you part of the team? What would you want to say to them?
1: Um honestly, I I feel like I covered a lot of that on our um on our last game because that was a pretty emotional thing for everybody, especially all of us seniors or graduates or whatever, so but I think I would just say like to reiterate thank you guys so much for bringing me in and you know accepting me as one of you guys and um oh god this like makes me a little (laughs) emotional but um just being the team that i had wished that i had years ago and you know they were just everyone was so great and i know it's probably not easy you know, having a girl on the team, at least from their side, I know it's definitely different. It's probably not an ideal situation for everybody, but, you know, just thank you so much for just treating me like one of the guys and being really good teammates and just being awesome.
0: Yeah. We had, we had a great team. We had a great bond and we were thankful to have you this year. So I
1: appreciate
0: that. Absolutely. So we're going to transition into our next topic here. And this topic has kind of been brought up a lot lately by the Olympic players and female players all around the world. So do you feel that girls hockey receives less privileges than men's hockey does? And if so, why? How could this issue be fixed in your eyes personally?
1: This is such a like a deep question. I feel like there's so many answers.
0: Yeah, and there's so many
1: Definitely
0: definitely a loaded question for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, it's not like a black or white answer. Like, yes, I feel like in some ways that, you know, we aren't as privileged as, say, in men's hockey because there aren't, you know, as many teams. So we're not as well known. There's not as much exposure out there for, like, the women's leagues and stuff like that. And then there's also some societal – uh, sorry, I can't think of the word. Some societal, I guess. Um, there's, like, judgments about towards you guys. League. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of deters people from women's hockey. So I kind of get that. Like I understand, like, you know, there's definitely something there. But then at the same token, there's like these little things to where I would say women's hockey is more privileged than men's hockey is. Like, for example, I'm um sorry about that. Um, no, you're good. I, I noticed a lot having played in both the men's and women's college hockey circuit that it's a lot easier to get recruited to, say, like an NCAA program as a women's player than it is as a men's player. And there might be some people that disagree with me, but, you know, hear me out. There's a lot less, you know, women's teams. And granted, there's also less college programs, but they're building more college programs and not as many, like, youth teams or anything like that. There's not many places for women to, women to go. So these college coaches will look into, say, like, you know, lower levels, and they'll sometimes find some of those players that are playing at, like, a Tier 2 level, but they'll still have an opportunity to be recruited because they're being sought after. When you're looking at, like, say, men's and CNA, they are really only looking for players – in certain leagues who have played at certain levels like in women's it's definitely a lot more like open-minded or they just don't have as many tier one teams to go off of, so then they go into tier two as well so it's not saying it doesn't matter where you play but I would say not as much as the men so in that way yeah I would say we're a little bit privileged. but like I said it's not a black and black and white answer and I also can't speak for you know, everybody. That's just kind of my own experience, my
0: own insight on it. Yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense. I never thought about that take on it before. Um so when you play it a lot of times, because you played both women's and men's, do you feel that one tier is talented compared to the other? Or do you feel like there's women out there who are I'm sure there's women out there who are surely equally talented. I mean what are, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Um so goalie it's definitely different because i feel like the women's game is different from the men's game part of it is because women aren't allowed to like have you know much body contact they're not allowed to check so i would say not that there's more like technical skill played into it but the women just like play a bit differently than the men do the men it's more about like you're crashing the net and you're getting pretty much every shot on goal that you can you know, you're going to shoot at people, you're going to do whatever you can, and you're going to be a lot more physical. With the women, it's like, you're, you're being a lot more technical about things, you're really looking for like those open spaces to take shots, or, you know, you're really trying to you know, set up plays and you're really hyper-focused on some of, like, the more, like, technical, smaller stuff than I would say that the, than the men are sometimes, if that makes sense. So- yeah,
0: that makes perfect sense because, quite frankly, I've always thought that, you know, women hockey players probably have a better hockey IQ than men do because, you know, men are just looking for that big body, you know, that open pass, you know. They're more of a physical-type player, like you, like you said. So I think what you said makes, you know, perfect sense, to be honest with you.
1: Oh, yeah. They, um. But as a goalie, it's just, like, two different games, and you kind of have to sometimes switch gears a little bit, and you have to not play a little bit differently, but I guess, yeah, that'd really be the only way to put it, is play a little bit differently. That doesn't discount, like, saying that there aren't women that, you know, there aren't women that could play with the men, because there are. There's even, you know, good forwards and stuff that can play with the men, but and stuff I think it's not not as easy for them
0: yeah I mean I I completely agree with you in that sense and I think that was a really good take on your part so if you know how could the issue you know of the you know divide and the stereotypes be fixed in your eyes and how do you feel like girls hockey could receive more of like you know a limelight and attention
1: That's also another really, like, there's no black and white answer for that, but one step that I think would be really good, at least in my opinion, is that the game becomes more physical, like, they're allowed to start hitting, because that's part of kind of what draws people into hockey in the first place, is the physical aspect, so when you kind of remove that, you're removing part of the game that attracts a lot of people, so while that might not be the answer for everything, there's so many things that i feel like can and need to be fixed but i think that would be you know solid stuff in like that direction
0: yeah i mean i completely agree with you i don't know how that would you know fare in a women's game but i i think that definitely is missing in a women's game for sure um do you think that you know female players train the same way that guys do or is there a difference in that as well
1: um, from my experience, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Like it's all about, you know, physical fitness and being in the gym and stuff, right? The only difference I really see is obviously sometimes difference in, you know, the amount of weights that we're using and stuff like that. But it, it really just depends on where you go, who your trainer is, what your goal, what their goals are for, you know, your team and uh, I guess it also kind of depends at the level and the age group that you're at, but there's really no difference. I mean, even if like you know, I train with a goalie coach and I'm usually out there with a couple other goalies, I'm usually the only girl. There's no difference between what I do and what they do. It's we all do the same thing, and that's kind of like on ice and off ice. And, you know, being at goalie camps and stuff, I'd be like one of the only girls, if not the only girls, and I'm doing the exact same thing as everybody else. And I feel like many women can attest to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you on that sense. So in all your experience playing on a women's hockey team, what team do you have the fondest memories from?
1: Oh, uh, this one's easy. So my sophomore year of high school, it was my second year of 16-year, which I usually played up with the women like I played age group up so it was really my first like actual 16 year year where I was like of that age group but yeah, anyway not to ramble on about that we just had a really close bond it was a bunch of girls that I had grown up playing with for a while and we had a coach um who was in her young or early 20s her name was Lauren Patterson she's still like a really big you know, name in the hockey community around me. She does a lot of coaching um, at ice work. She w- does like little flyers and a couple other things and just overall really great coach. And she knew how to like really bring the team together. It also just helped that we had undeniable chemistry on and off the ice. We we're all like best friends. We would do pretty much anything we could off the ice together, um, hang out uh even at tournaments we always were doing some fun crazy things in between uh, games and all that like going out to dinner together um I remember we went to like a haunted house I know we went to go see a movie one time god I think we actually went and saw Frozen when that came out so if that's not showing my age I don't know what is but um
0: That's awesome. Yeah,
1: we just had such like undeniable chemistry. And we even did like a spring league together after that. Same coach, like pretty much all the same girls and everything. So just the way we all came together and some of us not having played together before too, we all just became super close. It was so natural and just amazing.
0: That's what, you know, truly makes the dream work for a team. And, you know, team chemistry is definitely something that teams strive to have, but not all teams can reach that um so you know going you know back into your youth hockey years have you ever felt that you guys were less privileged at any point in time um
1: that's a good question
0: and this this could be anything you know receiving worse locker rooms than the guys did you know anything like that
1: the only thing I can think of really personally was you know as like a woman on you know men's teams at we you know, we weren't allowed to get dressed in the locker room guys. So we would often get put in random places to get dressed. Um, Ice Lime, which is my home rank for most of my life. I was fortunate enough when I was there to have they had a full size locker room that was dedicated just for girls. So you could fit like an entire team of girls in there. But normally if you know, you're just going on a Friday night for you know, your high school game, you're like maybe one of two or three girls in there. So that was really nice. But oftentimes I'd go to other ranks and they didn't have that sort of designated place. So we would kind of get stuck in, uh, or at least I'm not we, I would get stuck and I've changed in just uh, hallway closets, bathrooms, lobbies of ranks, um, party rooms like, pretty much anything, like, anywhere I could get dressed, I've probably been dressed, so wow. that's, like, more so where that was, like, okay, that's we don't have the same privilege that, you know, the other guys on the team do, but, you know, I get it, I understand why it's this way, it is what it is.
0: Yeah, that's, that's crazy, I could not imagine getting dressed in some of those places, though, but I mean, I guess you got to do what you got to do. Desperate times call for desperate needs, I guess, for sure.
1: Yeah, pretty much. When, you know, you're in like the bathroom and then people are coming in and they're staring at you like, what am I supposed to do? Do you think I want to be in here?
0: (laughs) Yikes. So kind of to piggyback off your female ice hockey journey, what female ice hockey player has inspired you at any point along your journey? So this could be, you know, any kind of player at any level.
1: So I actually have two. Go ahead. One One was, um, her name was Jackie Snickers. She was a goalie that played at Yale when I had first started out playing. She was at Yale playing NCAA division one <clears throat> women's. And I met her at the first ever hockey camp that I'd ever been to. And I'd never met like a female goalie before, especially at that like level and caliber. So, I just thought it was super cool that, you know, I thought she was a celebrity. I'm thinking, oh my God, there's someone, you know, this D1 player, she's coming out to help me. You know, I'm just some, you know, kid that just started playing. That's amazing. And she's just a really nice person. I really liked her a lot. And she definitely helped me. And my goal from then on out was actually to go to Yale and break all the records she broke there, which never happened, but at least I tried. And, um, the next one was my coach that I was just talking about, um, Lauren Patterson. She was a goalie too, and as uh, as my head coach, she really had like a big impact on me. She was like an older sister to me. She would take me to, you know, she drove me all around to extra camp clinics and stuff. And she was just always that person I could confide in about literally everything. And she also made practices. Goalie friendly and did focus on goalie on some goalie stuff a lot, too, which is really nice during our team practices, which you normally never get. And she's just a great person, great coach, like I said, like my older sister, and has always had a really positive influence on me. So, those are definitely the two that I've always looked up to the most out of anybody.
0: That's awesome. Sometimes it takes that one person to kick off a you know, inspiration in someone or a dream in someone that inspires a lifelong hobby, career or anything. So that's definitely very inspiring for sure. So our last question before we wrap it up is what is your advice to young female hockey players who have aspirations on playing at the college level?
1: I would say just work really hard and, you know, do those extra things, you know, even if you don't feel like it, even if you'd rather be going to that dance or going out to the mall on Friday night with your friends, it's okay to miss that sometimes because you're putting in the work and you're going to get to where you want to be and you have to make those sacrifices. And it's not easy in the, in the moment, but when you do make those sacrifices and then when you get to where you want to be, you're going to be really thankful that you did and just have fun with it, because honestly, I miss it so much. Uh, I don't think hockey has been the same for me since my last season ended. And just have so much fun with it, because I would do anything to go back and um, be in youth hockey again and kind of just do this whole journey all over again. So enjoy the ride and just work really hard and, you know, don't give up when things are, get tough, because they probably will at some point.
0: And for girls who are trying to get recruited by colleges, what is your advice to them?
1: Um, one thing I did was I you know, I did a lot of my um, recruiting and stuff myself. So I just um, wrote up some emails, had some people look over them, and I'd send them to different college coaches. Um, if you can, have some film ready so you can send that to them as well uh you can just kind of upload that to youtube and then send them a link on youtube or something or do it however you want to do it depending on how tech savvy you are but just don't be afraid to reach out coaches and make yourself known even if they don't get back to you right away they're they're still probably going to mark you down and if you're going to be at a tournament that they're going to be at then they might even come watch you so do that and uh i I guess also keep like a good image too because college coaches do look at social media and stuff like that so just be conscious of what you're posting on your socials and you know don't you know make yourself out to be a person that you're not like don't represent yourself in a negative light by posting stupid stuff on your social media.
0: That is some really great advice there Taylor. Well that'll wrap up episode one here episode two of the face-off and I want to thank Taylor for joining me today, thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on the Face Off Podcast. Get hard out.